Microphone test, one, two, three, one, two, three. Well, I just fucked that right up. Didn't I? <laughs> hey, look, to be fair, so did I. But you know what's really freaky is that um, I have been watching Walker, Texas Ranger, and I just remembered that Chuck Norris sang the theme song. So what I'm saying is there's hope for us yet. We're doing pretty good if old Chucky boy uh, can sing a theme song. I mean, look, if if old, old Chuck's wobbling out, you know, the eyes of the ranger, it's like fucking, what the fuck? I, you know what? I had the memory of that theme song, uh, you know, washed away from my memories till right now. So thanks, yeah, Eves, Jake. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks so much. It's nice to be able to give something back. Bro, you are the gift that just keeps on giving, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, me and me and herpes. <laughs> it's the game the whole family can play. Um, Especially yeah. if you're Tasmanian. Oh yeah, he went. Oh snap, crackle pop, give me six. <laughs> oh dude, so how the fuck are you, man? You good? Oh dude, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, long weekend, fucking uh, nightmare marathon. Um, yeah, fucking. Uh, my, my Indiana Jones figure showed up today, so that was a win. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. And here we are for the freaky, freaky, freaky occurrences over the weekend that uh, I wasn't expecting. But, you know, hey, yeah. roll, roll with it. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's what you do, bro. Yeah. the uh, So, straight off the bat, man, the fucking uh, c- cigarettes and silver bullets art is looking Fantabulous. Dude, isn't it fucking great? Like, I don't want to, you know. Oh, look, boys and girls. You know, it's, it's, it's a bit too close to public masturbation for me, but uh, <laughs> it, it, dude, it's, it looks so fucking kick ass. Like, I am blown the fuck away. Like, you should be. You I, should be. I was pleasantly blown away too, dude. I, well, I knew it was going to be good. Like, dude, you. Dude. You've been so excited about this for so long, so well, yeah. and that's that's the thing, man. Is that like those were just the layouts? Like I knew Adam would like absolutely fucking kill it, but like there's a difference between knowing something and then like seeing the actual fucking reality and having it like exceed your expectations. It's just fucking amazeball, oh, completely and. And yeah, he is absolutely killing it. And you're you're only just making the first steps, really, in the in the book. So well, yeah, that's the thing, man. Like he's he's laying it out. And like the minute I saw that first page, I was just like, dude, holy fuck! Like I I feel bad for Adam because I don't feel like I can accurately convey how much I fucking love what he's doing by messaging him back. Like yeah, yeah. No, it's fucking great, dude. I mean, if I had a firstborn child, I would sacrifice it in his honor. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, no. But if it's, anyone, it's, if anyone's it's, got a firstborn child they don't want, that they uh, would be cool with me sacrificing in honor to my artist. Like, <laughs> please get in touch with the show and, you know, we'll, we'll work something out. Next thing you know, you get messages from Kazakhstan from our fans over there. <laughs> yes, yes, you can have my brothers and sisters. Yeah, my seven wives. Be contacted by the AFP. So, um, listen, that whole child sacrifice thing you were talking about, uh, <laughs> we'd like you to come in and talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. Why not? Um, good times, good times. No, no, well done, dude. It looks great. Fucking oh, you're and- great. Great start. Oh, uh, but you know, let's let's not leave you out of this equation here. Like Damien's looking fucking sweet, bro. It's uh, yeah. I mean, fuck, proud dad moment as well, dude. So we look at us. We're like a pair of dads. We're all grown up and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be, we'll be as close as we're gonna fucking get, <laughs> mate. We'll be we'll be those fucking weirdo dads walking down with prams with our fucking comics in our prams, and people, general public, just looking at us mortified, like. You've got comics. Well, yep. My my first question here is, what do you mean, will? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, this is some event that's going to happen in the future that wouldn't happen now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. I'll tell, I'll tell you what, man. Fucking uh, Tommy Taylor would need a fucking... He'd need a few bassinets to fucking car- cart around all his kids. Dude, he'd need a fucking troop carrier, man. Jesus. Holy shit. Yeah. Load up the soccer bus. <laughs> Pretty fucking yeah. much, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude, it, it's a it's fucking exciting time. We're getting all creative and shit. It's uh, a time of this recording. We're into the staring down the barrel of Supernova Week on the Gold Coast. Yeah, that's exciting. And, uh, yeah, dude. And and uh, I'll be there repping, repping our show and the, the Freak Productions fucking um vessel down there and uh you know selling uh damien to the general public and everything else and Fuck yeah yeah and uh i i actually just got to i'll i'll be sending you through the artwork soon but i got some sweet sweet fucking promo art for our shows oh nice, uh, nice. yeah from from my boy bruiser pro wrestler uh shout out to bruiser oh and I, uh, I love his work dude you are a fucking yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's been a minute since we uh, worked together, you know, and uh, it's it's good to have Bruiser back in our corner, fucking doing the thing. So yeah, it is. We, yeah, we got I mean, ourselves. You, you're saving us looking up fucking pictures on the internet, dude. So I salute you right there. Or, or fucking stick figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could be a messy affair. Um, <laughs> this one's Jesse because he's got hair. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, never a dull moment. So, um, <laughs> uh, excuse me, I've, I've had a bit of the head cold aids this week. Yeah, yeah, you were saying, dude, you got the got the snot monster going on. Yeah, the old snot monster got me, not the COVID one, the, the just the regular. Not, not the spicy and, one. Yeah, no, no spicy, just, just mild. Uh, yeah, so it just got me after a fucking weekend fucking standing out in the fucking storm. As you do as a uh, as a traffic controller, um, you get saturated and uh, wake up with a bit of a sniffle. Is that because you're a Byron? Why you're around all? The no, 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 no. Actually, my sniffle stops me from going to Byron, so oh. I didn't 
I didn't uh, take the trek down. I spent it in bed instead. <laughs> yeah, good times. But I uh, caught up on a bit of reading. So, yeah. Nice. I read uh, I read a few things, but one of mention I read from uh, – oh, fuck, I'm going to fuck up the publication company. I think it's American Eagle Publishing. Mm-hmm. They put out some really cool horror music stuff, but they put out this one recently, Monster Tag Team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I got one with a sick, uh, sort of a 70s uh, Marvel Comics sort of homage co- uh, cover to Werewolf by Night and Dracula. But it's oh, not. Right. Yeah, but it's got that aesthetic to it. But um, I grabbed that and, uh, dude, that was a great read. It was, uh, you know, it's just basically uh, this, this, yeah, this hot fucking agent chick named Agent Wolf, appropriately enough, that. Uh, Two guesses what she transforms into. And uh, she's got to deliver fucking uh, Agent Dracul, who uh, denies that he's Dracula. And uh, they go to right. some fucking bad guys. That's right. I have read um, the uh, next Monsters of Metal one shot. I have that in my reading pile, and I cannot wait. Dude, it's fucking cool. It's really cool. I really hope they do more, because, yeah, it's fucking, it's loads of fun. Loads well, dude, of fun. It, I'm not, it I'm sounds not like it's two anything. from two. Yeah, man, it's, it's great. It's just as good as the first one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of, like, that's the thing. I'm loving the, these uh, these mashups of metal and fucking horror. It's so cool. Oh, dude, it's rad, isn't it? It's, it's like, yeah. Fucking, yeah, it's just like, oh, my God, yes. Like, fucking, this, this is something that needs to make a massive comeback, like, in yeah. not just comics, but, like, movies and shit as well. Absolutely. Yeah, we need to see, uh, like, uh, you know, Another fucking generation of trick or treat fucking style movies. Oh, Black Rose, Rock, Rocktober, Blood, the whole bit. Like, fucking yeah, dude, bring it yeah, on. yeah, bring it on, dude. But I, uh, sad to say, I don't think we'd get anything to the extent of what you and me are thinking. We'd probably end up with something ghastly, fucking, I don't know, different. <laughs> probably, I don't, I don't even want to hazard a fucking guess. It's, as long as it's not like fucking Morrissey. <laughs> Yeah, well, I yeah, mean, well, you don't, you don't really need to combine horror with Morrissey because he's fucking horrible enough as it is. The the, the Mori Massacre, that's a great movie title right there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck it, I could just yeah, I'm I'm there for it. Like Morrissey concert massacre, go. Sell the synopsis. <laughs> the synopsis. Uh, best friend reluctantly attends a Morrissey concert with to support their best friend. Basically, play wingman. Um, and endure the two-hour ordeal of a Morrissey concert, and <laughs> which, suddenly which turns into fifteen minutes because it's cold. Yeah, I'm cold. <laughs> but no, it, yeah, the, the the cold air turns everybody like it's an airborne virus and turns everyone into fucking zombies. So said best friend has to fucking slaughter everyone at the concert, including Morrissey. I mean, look, I'm just saying, open night, I'm there. <laughs> Yeah, dude, right? Like, it's like, it's like, I don't know. So that shit sells itself. Yeah, like first 20 minutes, just dead, deadpan boring, obviously, because you got to endure the fucking, 
the throngs of people fucking going, yay, Morrissey, yay. <laughs> and then the rest of the movie is just fucking do bullshit. They, do they say yay at a Morrissey concert? Or the, does everyone just know. kind of stand around and mope until he, like, you know, shambles on stage and, you know. I'm going to go with the latter. Yep. Belts out his first fucking few chords of fucking oh, am I miserable now, or whatever the fuck that song is. Or, what about that other great hit, How Far Are These Dead Flowers Up My Ass? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or can yeah. someone please turn down the AC? <laughs> <laughs> oh, how about the, the the tender ballad? Can I please have back my polyester ballad? Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, brother, will you lend me a Parker? Yeah. Oh, so many hits. Um, I'll tell you what was a good movie, and I forgot to mention this the other week. Um, bit of a quick, uh, quick uh, plug of sorts. Fucking sixty five with Adam Driver. Oh, is that good, bro? It's fucking great. I yeah, I, I saw the trailer. I thought it looked kind of cool. I was like, but it, it was just one of those ones where it, I just felt like it just kind of disappeared. Like the trailer was everywhere, and then it was yeah. like, oh, is this coming out? Like it just it's kind it's of... one of those. Bro, it's one of those gems that, yeah, it's it's one of those gems that kind of flew under the radar of sorts. I mean, it was promoted lukewarm, but Mm. you know, it was buried amongst the mess of everything else being promoted at the time. But dude, it's actually a bit of a diamond in the rough. Oh, cool! Like it's the plot is very basic, um, and the cast is, it's one of the shortest cast, fucking, um credits that i've seen at the end of a movie yeah <laughs> fucking great it was like two people <laughs> but um yeah basically uh adam driver plays a, a pilot that uh ferries a, uh you know a whole spaceship full of people to uh supposedly to another planet for um civilization and um basically they yeah fucking get caught uh, in a fucking meteor storm and fucking end up 65 million years in the fucking pre- uh, in the past. Oh, cool. Yeah. Everyone dies except for Adam and, and this young kid. And they've got to survive all these fucking dinosaurs. And, right. uh, yeah. And try, uh, actually, no, I won't give away the spoiler, but basically they've got to get to an escape ship before a cataclysmic event happens rad yeah but it's really cool like the the dinosaurs are fucking brilliant it's yeah i thought it was a compelling performance from adam um, yeah, cool, it, it was cool yeah so there you go that's my short fast and sweet plug <laughs> yeah radless so here we are fucking fucking ferrying down elm street speaking of uh, freakiness and uh, we reach Nightmare on Elm Street 2, released in 1985, aptly titled Freddy's Revenge. I have so much to say about this movie. Um... <laughs> Do you need a quiet two hours by yourself to talk yeah, about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you have a nap, um, throw some Mario on, that'll put you to sleep. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'll... I'll um... I'll I'll give you give you a nice Mate, I'll, I'll confidently go into cryostasis for fucking a century and come back and you'll still be gone, I reckon. Oh dude, I just this this movie is so it's it's weird. Um like I mean, I 
this was uh, the first Nightmare in Elm Street movie. I didn't watch it, but the first one I remember seeing in the flesh because right. And I was obsessed with the covers of this movie because I. It is a cool looking cover. It's fucking rad, man. It's a great poster. Like the poster art's gorgeous, and I remember, man, like way back a million years ago in the eighties. Um, like we've talked about this before, like the, the old you know corner stores that had, had the little video section. Yeah, yeah, the, I miss those. Yeah, man. Like I remember, like one of the corner shops near where I lived as a kid in Newcastle had a little video section, and Freddy's Revenge was one of the videos they had. And it was like way up the back of the store, and I remember every time I went into that shop, like if I had to go get milk or some shit like that, man, like. I would stop and just stare at that cover because it like, I was kind of scared by it, but kind of fascinated with it. Cause the art is yeah. so fucking cool. Um, and yeah, this is it, a, it's a very attractive cover. It is man. Like it's a really cool looking cover. Um, and, and the worst part is I can't think of who the artist is that did it, but uh, it's the it's same fucking artist that did all four. Uh, nightmare posters, and he also did. I there was an alternate poster for Nightmare. No, he did five as well, but there was an alternate for six that he did. Yeah, um, I love all the Nightmare posters, dude. They're fucking great, man. Like seriously, legit. I will die on this hill. They are the best posters in horror history. Like for a series, like yeah, they're pretty fun. fucking cool. Um. And I, I just, I really feel like this is a movie that gets unfairly shit on, like it a does. lot. Um, and I understand why. And I, for a very long time, wasn't a big fan of this movie because, like, I mean, look, you know, you're sandwiched between number one, which is you know so innovative and brilliant, and then number three, which kicks everything up a notch, and number four, which is just like fucking rock and roll as hell. And then you got this like weird number two. And I know everyone gives this movie shit, but like, look, it needs to be said right now. This is the gayest fucking horror movie in the history of the world. And I don't <laughs> say that as a bad thing. Um, like, but it, it is, it's like, there's so much uh, like really complicated backstory with this movie. Um, and, you know, We'll touch on some of it. We won't go into all mm. of it because it'll just take us fucking well, six months. Um, I've, oh, dude, I'm trying to remember the name of the documentary, but there is actually a documentary. Yeah, that, Scream, uh, Scream Mark Queen. Uh, yeah. yeah, Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street. Which really, yeah, is, it fills in all the blanks yeah, about it. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, there's... Like, I watched the trailer. It looked great. Oh, uh, dude, yeah. We've, we've got it on DV. Like, there's two really great, like, before we go on, there is two really great docos on the Nightmare on Elm series. Uh, one is Never Sleep Again. Yeah, which, I started watching that one. That's great. Uh, I highly recommend that for anyone that's a fan of these movies because it's so comprehensive and just great. Um, and the other one is Scream Queen, which is basically Mark Patton recounting everything that happened on Nightmare 2. Um, and, like, you know, he was – he's he's a gay actor, obviously. Uh, he was in the closet at the time. Like, you know, AIDS was fucking rampant. Um, and this movie basically sunk his fucking career, and he got treated like shit on it. But, like, I find Elm Street 2 really, really fascinating for a lot of reasons that we can go into after we do Jesse's <laughs> in the office. 
um, which wasn't that cough, by the way. No. <laughs> or was it? <laughs> but uh, give, us, give us the lowdown, J-Man. So the synopsis is basically Freddy Krueger appears in people's nightmares. When the Welshers move into the neighborhood, Freddy attempts to possess Jesse Walsh's mind and take uh, his help to continue his murder spree. Released 10th of April 1985. But for starters, like, Jesse's dad in this movie is one of the worst parents on Elm Street. Right. I mean, he's, fucking... he's at least number three. Yeah, <laughs> like, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's, he's at least number three. Like, he's fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. This movie's an interesting film, dude. Like, for me, it's it's not like... It's it's a far cry different from all the Nightmare films pulled together. Man, it really is. It, it holds its own in many ways. It really is. Um, um, we kind of see the start of the Freddy magic really come into play, even though Freddy kind of takes a backseat for a lot of this film. Well, what's but, really uh, interesting yeah. to me is that, like, I think this is, like, the darkest we see Freddy because he's pretty he's pretty dark in this. Like, Well, yeah, his motives are fucking sadistical. Like, he's, he's really, like, this is really fucking mean Freddy in this movie. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting because, like, there is, like, this whole thing where you can – I don't think you can't watch this movie. Like, I mean – I'll, I'll I'll preface this with with something where it's like you know you can you can basically what I'm about to say with with Jesse as a character and Freddie's motivations and that and some of the the sort of underlying themes in this movie that I've noticed because I've watched this a lot because it's a movie that I sort of didn't like yeah and then started to like and then yeah. now I kind of love it um and it's it's one that I always like really pay attention to when I'm watching because there's so much going on with it. But, like, you can take what I'm about to say uh, with Freddie and Jesse's whole relationship and motivations, and I feel like you could transpose that onto anyone who's feeling like an outsider. Just so happens with this movie, your main character is a very unobviously closeted gay dude. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not throwing any shade. Like, there is so much dialogue in this movie that it's just like, how could you possibly try and convince anyone that jesse is straight like well they can try to with the the girl but even there you just kind of she's she comes across as more of a best friend right yeah dude exactly like and she looks like fucking meryl streep yeah that's it but like there's a whole thing where he like you know he bursts into grady's room and like you know like I, i love grady as a character i think he's fucking great um but like he bursts in there and he's like, you know, oh, Freddy's inside me and he wants to take me again. And you're just kind of going, dude, did he like buy you a drink first at least? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> and you know, Grady's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And you, you're here wanting to sleep with me. And you're just like going, fuck, do you guys need a fucking minute alone or something? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's, there's a lot going on here. And they, they're trying to like, it's so weird because they, they're trying to obviously. <clears throat> I feel like this movie's like an accidental masterpiece because I don't feel like they were trying to make a movie about like a horror movie about a dude struggling with his own sexuality, but they ended up doing it anyway. 
and it's it, like I'm kind of amazed this movie worked because you're sort of trying to do all this stuff with like oh him and him and uh, fake Meryl Streep are like you know having a relationship and it just doesn't work because she just comes across as like a total like best friend. Yeah, and he's obviously got a massive crush on Gray. And look, man, I'm not giving shit to Mark Patton or this movie at all because I fucking love it. I think he's great in it. Um, but like, there's so much stuff there where it's like. It's obvious, like, you know, Freddie being a manifestation of fear and stuff like that is obviously Jesse's own fear of, like, coming to terms with being, you know, a young gay dude in the 80s. Like, yeah. it's so fucking obvious, man. But, like, and I, I feel like if they had put... It's funny, because, like I said, I love this movie, but I also feel like it could have been so great if they'd really just leaned into that and mm. not even necessarily like i'm not i'm not sitting here saying like you know oh fucking nightmare on elm street 2 has to be a gay movie i'm like if they had done that with anything like with jesse being any sort of outsider it still could have worked it just feels like they were trying to like i don't know what the fuck they were doing and like mark Patton. i mean if you watch scream queen mark Patton has a lot to say about the writer um and the director and how they basically knew what they were doing in terms of like the, the obviously gay content in this movie and just kind of threw him under the bus for it. And it's, it's really fucked up. And like the, the, the writer honestly comes off like a bit of a douchebag. Um, yeah. There, there's, there's, there's a couple of weird moments in this film, but I was going to say before, before you continue, dude, um, I was, I was just going to say what my thought is with this. It's a really, it's a really interesting movie. Um, painting that picture of besides you know, what you've just covered with the, the, the homosexuality, it's, it's just one of the movies that any teen can relate to, um, that sense of you feel alone, you feel And that's established in the first 20 minutes Dude, of the film. Exactly. I mean, that's with the that thing, bus like, ride. Yeah, Jesse's the new kid in town. Like, you know, he's, he's very introverted. He's very, like, not sure of himself. Like... You know, um, and I mean, look, I'm not going to harp. I don't, I don't want to harp on about like the the deep themes and everything, but like you kind of have to address it if you're talking about this movie because it's. Oh so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. yeah. Fuck, man, that dance scene when he's cleaning his room. Like, yeah, it was. Well, <laughs> that's something all. else, man. My personal favorites is that nightmare. Not, I thought it was a dream sequence, but it ends up in that fucking. Um, Gay S and M club that's with his PE like... teacher fucking there in a, in a in fucking gimp wear. Dude, that's I the just... thing. It's like he he winds up in an S and M bar. Like I was watching it on the weekend, and I'm like, yeah. I'm just quoting The Simpsons. I'm like, you know that bit where Homer goes into the lesbian bar, and he's like, "There's something strange about this bar." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but it's like he winds up in an S and M bar. His teacher picks him up, clearly with some fucking not-so-nice shit in mind, <laughs> takes him back to the gym, makes him run laps and go have a shower at midnight, and then Freddie, like, towel-whips the teacher's bare ass to death. Like, yeah. Um, that, that's just fucked up, dude. <laughs> it's like, you know, you kind of watch it and you're just going like, ah, uh, ah. Uh, I don't mean to alarm you, but I think there's some gay shit going on here. 
<laughs> well, not only that, it's like so Jesse obviously portrays himself to be fucking submissive and and or yeah. it's like he just has no fucking um you know backbone in his body to say fuck off to his teacher. Yeah. Um you know, who wants to take him back to fucking punish him. Yeah, yeah. Well <laughs> punish him, yeah. I'm sure he does. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With but what? <laughs> all that weirdness aside, um just going back to that bus ride at the beginning, I, I, I really enjoyed that first opening sequence on the bus. We, really? we get that oh, that yeah. magic touch of Freddy. Um and I noticed at the start, sorry, um the start you see Robert England actually driving the bus, yeah. and then later you see someone else driving the bus. But I loved how that we got that first glimpse of the nightmare world um, when Dude, they when I, it crashes through the desert. I really love the creativity in this movie, like that that whole desert sequence at the start, um, that whole nightmare boiler room at the end with the weird that was really cool. dogs and the fucked yeah. up cat, and like it's so like. I, I wish, um, <clears throat> and this is something that I was I was talking about over the weekend, is that I wish this movie had had like, like it's amazing the effects in this movie, like that scene where Jesse, like Freddie breaks out of Jesse, like yeah. in Brady's room, like the effects in this movie are so brilliant, and I said like, you know, it would be amazing to see what they would have been able to accomplish if they'd had more money. Um, because like what they did with what they had was fucking spectacular. Like I, I love the nightmare sequences in this movie. Like, yeah, they're so <clears throat> fucked up and crazy. Like that bit where Freddie peels off his fucking scalp and it's like, you know, you've got, oh, the, the, brain. Brain. I've got the brain. I love that. Like that is some fucking gnarly shit, man. Like I also love Freddie's claws coming out of Jesse's hand. Yeah. 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 Like shit like that was just fucking brilliant it's just like there is so much great stuff in this movie and it's like you know not not to go back to what we talked about before but it's like you don't have to be like you know you don't have to be gay to enjoy this movie or anything like that it's fucking amazing like it is an amazing movie and you can you can you know transpose whatever themes you want onto jesse's whole struggle with freddie my only thing is i really wish they'd leaned more into the psychological aspects of it and like made it a bit more of a mystery as to whether freddie's doing the killing or whether jesse's doing it well yeah that's the interesting thing and and it's kind of draws an interesting parallel to like uh number five dude yeah we were literally saying right? that the, this and friday five are a great pair of companion films yeah yeah so yeah because that that's where my head was going too i was just like so who's pulling the strings here is it freddie or jesse well that's the thing like they sort of that, and again it's it's one of those issues with the script where it feels like the writer just fucking was trying to do something but he wasn't sure what he wanted to do but he thought he'd try and like throw sort of throw shit at a wall and see what stuck because yeah you know the movie does try and build a bit of a mystery for a little while there like it does try and do that mystery thing for a little while there and then it just sort of abandons it and then it tries to be a bit of a traditional nightmare movie but then it kind of feels like oh that's not really working for us so we'll sort of mash them both together and wind mm. up with kind of this it's it's just sort of like this is a movie that probably shouldn't work with all the bullshit that went on behind the scenes but it does and it works really well and there's 
like so much creativity in there and so much like really fucking cool shit like and just like so fucking I, one of my favorite scenes is where the, the pool party thing and i know a lot of people like bitch about like oh but freddie came into the real world in this movie it's like well fucking nancy pulled him into the real world in the first movie like who's to say he can't fucking do it on his yeah own. that's that's something <laughs> i'm gonna touch on in a second but continue but um i i love where that dude, like the pool party, where like that dude's coming up to Freddie and he's just, he's trying to be such a fucking dickhead. And he's like, clearly a Morrissey oh, fan. We can help you. Just tell us what you need. And, and Freddie's just like, help yourself, fucker. And just like, fucks, <laughs> him up, fucks him up completely. It's just like, yeah, boy, you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I fucking love that bit. It was clearly like, that's exactly what I do if, if I met, came face to face. I'd be like, die. <laughs> uh, no offense if you're a Morrissey fan, but you shouldn't be listening to this show, clearly. Uh, if you're a Morrissey fan, you should be offended because your taste is offensive to the yeah, rest of us. It's, it's hurting normal things. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 um, it's making me cold. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> uh, using up my oxygen and brain power. But anyway, um, what, what's interesting is, is at first I was confused a little bit watching number two and I can see where a lot of people's gripes are with this, but like you say, Jay, the more you watch it, the more you, the, the pieces started to click together. Mm. The con- continuity from number one. I mean, Freddie's been pulled into the real world. Uh, he's been murdered. You know, he's basically killed, whatever, sent back to his fucking whatever, hell hole, whatever. So it's like, where do you go from there? It's kind of like a form of demonic possession of sorts. It is. So it really Freddy is, like... is essentially reincarnated through Jesse. Yeah. Which I thought well, was clever. It really, it really is, man. Like, this is very much uh, almost a possession movie. Um, and, I mean, you know, there's, there's like, I have always, my personal sort of view on it is that, like, Freddy feeds on fear, like, much like Pennywise. And that's something that's kind of been, you know, whether people realize it or not, fairly canonically established throughout the series. I mean, Jesus Christ, Freddy versus Jason, the whole plot is that Freddy gets Jason to kill people. So they'll think it's Freddy and they'll get scared of Freddy again. And when people are scared of Freddy, Freddy draws power from that and can come back. And this is so, true. hey, like, hey. this is what he's doing with Jesse. Like, Jesse's so fucking shit scared of who he is, and he's so confused, and he's confused, he's afraid. Freddie, like, perfect fucking vehicle for Freddie to possess him. His parents have just moved into 1428 because his dad's the biggest douchebag in the world and yeah. bought a fucking murder house and didn't yeah. tell anyone. <laughs> I, oh, love, I love how his mates try to tell him, that, uh, people, the kids tell him, you know, this was a murder house. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the chick that lived there went nuts and watched her boyfriend yeah. get fucking slashed the fuck up. I do <laughs> oh, love no. that we saw the, the house again, but that was cool. Yeah, well, I, I mean, yeah, I, I love that we saw 1428 again. Um, and I know I know people sort of, and this is another thing that I've seen people say, is like, you know, oh, where does this movie fit in in Elm Street continuity? Well, it fits in between one and two because, like, yeah. It's established that this movie takes place five years after number one. Number one, like, I mean, you know, and then when we see Nancy again in number three, she's a fucking grad student. So she's obviously like, and there's this whole period where 
you know, she's been institutionalized and shit like that. So, you know, it would take her five years to get to be a grad student and come back for Dream Warriors. So obviously, you know, that's where this movie takes place. Like, do you people not watch these things? I don't know. I don't Um, know. People just draw up their own fucking conclusions and it's fucking ridiculously hilarious. It's one of these things that, like, we've we've talked about before that you see these people do, like, you know, oh, everything wrong with this movie. And you're watching the video and you're just, like, going, dude, did you even watch the movie? Like, that's all explained in the fucking plot. Like, were you, like, did you watch it or were you staring at your phone the whole time? I think they'll probably stare at their phone. Yeah, like looking at Morrissey videos, probably. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but man, oh yeah, I love this movie. I mean, you know what's really funny is uh, like it, it's something that I've really noticed is there's one scene in this movie where Robert Englund isn't Freddy. Besides the bus driver scene? No, 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 no. So what happened was apparently uh, Bob Shea was a bit of a, a tight ass and didn't mm. want to pay Robert Englund to come back and play Freddy. Right. And was basically like, oh, it's just a dude in a mask. Like, we can get anyone to do it. And the scene in the showers when the PE teacher gets killed, yeah. uh, gym teacher if you're in America, or, you know, goat herder if you're in Kazakhstan. Um, <laughs> I love when that. he gets killed, uh, you know, when all the steam comes up and, like, you know, Jesse sort of disappears and Freddie walks forward. Man, when you know that that's not Robert England in the outfit, it's so fucking obvious. Like the walk, yeah. like man, watch it again. It's so like, oh fuck! And apparently, like they saw that scene and they were like, "Fuck, get Robert England back in here now," because <laughs> I was just like, "Oh, clearly we can't just get any old person to play Freddy." Well, this is it, and it, it's kind of funny that. Like that—that—that's just testament to how powerful Robert England's performance was in Number One. Man, exactly. It's just like he just defined that character so clearly. Like, just fucking—I don't know, man. Like, carved that shit out of fucking granite first hit off the bat. Like, yeah. yeah. And that's the interesting thing too is—is is now that that's got me sort of thinking too. Like, there's there's scenes in the boiler room and stuff where. You know, Freddie looks completely different um, with the makeup and everything. Like his his hideous, deformed look is slightly different to what we saw in the first film. Mm. Um, yeah. So was was a lot of that. Um, I I think that was the question I was going to ask you. Was was that Jesse in the Freddie makeup? Um, I'm honestly not sure. There's stuff at the end there. Um, there's some close-up shots like around the mouth and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I've never been able to get a really clear answer on it, but it does very much look like Mark Patton's features underneath the makeup. Um, whether it is or not, I'm not entirely sure or whether they've like adjusted the makeup on, uh, Robert to like make it look a bit more like Jesse. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just like, you know, I, I, kind of um and i mean one thing i've always loved as well is like the slight tweaks to freddie's makeup between movies like that slight evolution of the character which yeah. totally fits because like you know the dude's a fucking dream demon like he he looks different between movies like you know come on um well demon takes many forms exactly um mm. <laughs> much like morrissey yeah 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 the, the, the devil morrissey wears <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh boy. <laughs> oh, many polyester shirts. Many polyester <laughs> shirts. But yeah, man, I, I, I really, yeah, I really love this movie, and I, I honestly recommend for anyone that's like, because as I said, I hated it. Like when I first saw it, I hated it. I was like, "What is this?" And I didn't get where it was coming from. I didn't get what it was. It threw me off at first too, or or what it accidentally did. Because I was like, "I'm watching it, and you know, I'm just like, what the fuck is this shit? Like Freddie's possessing people now, and what's this fucking guy doing this weird ass fucking dance in his room for, and fucking pantsing himself on the fucking field when he's playing baseball with this other dude, and then there's this weird fucking S and M gym teacher, and." What the fuck am I watching? Yeah. Um, and and then I sort of like the more I watched it and then the more I sort of read about it and the more I like, you know, saw interviews of Mark Patton and stuff like that. I was like, okay, I see what you were trying to go for here and I'm kind of down for it. Like I dig it. Like it's, it's different. And I, I like that it like didn't just try and repeat number one. Like it wasn't. Yeah, that's just, the best part. It's it really just another group of fucking teens and Freddie was knocking them off and they were somehow connected to him, like fucking getting barbecued and stuff. I like that this movie sort of just kind of focused on a single kid and all the fucked up shit he was going through. Cause it's like, look, his, his old man's clearly a fucking dickhead. Um, you know, his, his mum's a typical Elm Street mum, just like, you know, stick her head in the sand and like, oh, it's all good. Um, <laughs> Bury yourself yeah. in a bottle of vodka. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like vodka, the, the Elm Street brand. Um, but I, I thought it was really well done, honestly. Um, and I, I do think it's a little hidden gem in the series. Like, it's not as obvious as the, the big guns, like, you know, number one, number three, number four, New Nightmare, like... No, it doesn't it, have its own run, but it holds its own in terms yeah. of it's not your conventional sequel. Like, you know, like fr- um, Friday 2, you know, was there was pretty much, oh, here's another group of teens and here's yeah. a bunch of murders. Yay, cool. Which, nothing taken taken away from that, but most sequels follow that same. Yeah. And this focuses like, on yeah. an alienated, alienated kid, an alienated fucking demon. The two are going to meet and fucking... Yeah, an uncanny alliance of sorts is going to be formed uh, reluctantly for, for Jesse. But, yeah, that, that there begins the battle. So it's really, the you know, he's battling his internal demons whilst well, discovering himself. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you get to the end and it's like it's really obvious at the end there because it's like, you know, I mean, I know people are like, I've, I've heard some people sort of go like, oh, you know, that bullshit ending where it's like the power of love fucking, you know, saves him. And I'm like, I don't read it that way. Because it's like, if you watch that ending, it's Jesse's own, like, you know, Lisa, Lisa rocks up and she's all like, I love you. I love you. And it's basically what she's saying is I love you for who you are. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's his own self-acceptance of like, okay someone can actually fucking love me for who I am, even though I think I'm turning into this, you know, monstrous fucking thing or whatever. And that's kind of what defeats Freddie, really. Uh, it's like him accepting himself. It's not like a, you know, oh, yeah, he's like, it's not your typical, like, you know, Karate Kid ending where it's like, oh, yeah, he kisses the girl and, you know, sweeps the leg and wins and everything's great. Yeah. It's like, it's really more about Jesse's own self-acceptance of who he is that kind of defeats Freddie. Well, um, that's the thing. This movie follows a lot of unconventional plot traits that I haven't really seen replicated 
in many movies. No, man. And especially not for a movie made in 1985. No, like, fuck no, dude. This like, is ahead. Pretty, pretty ballsy for a movie. And I really love that this movie has become something that has been rediscovered by people over the years and kind of embraced because I really think it deserves it. Like, I mean, I, you know, man, like my opinion is there's no bad Elm Street movie. Um, no. You know, um, and no one bring up the reboot because that's not even an Elm Street movie. So we're not talking about that. Just go back and listen to our <laughs> yeah. Elm Street versus yeah. Elm Street we, episode we, and you'll find out why. All we have to say about that yep. thing, it can yep. suck maggot farts in hell. Yep. <laughs> um, exactly. Along with Horacy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the other thing is too, man, the score on this movie is fucking great. Yeah, like, it is. I Christ- it. Christopher Young, fucking pre-Hellraiser, like just... And I think that's one of the things I really love about the score on this is like it takes the typical Elm Street cues, but he adds like a bit of that. You can see hints of what he would do with Hellraiser in this movie, and it gives it a real kind of unsettling feeling. I think that's the main thing about this movie, and I've heard other people talk about it before, but it's like, this movie is very unsettling in terms of like, it is. like it's hot. Like, this movie is, like, everyone's fucking sweaty. You know, everything's dry. Like, Elm Street isn't its usual leafy greenness that we see it in other movies. Like, it's like, you know, Jesse's well, boiling over. Freddy's, like, melting yeah. the whole fucking town. Like, with his I was gonna say, yeah, I was, I was going to say, it, it's kind of like that, that whole worlds collide thing. Like, Freddy's universe colliding with the real world universe. Mm. Back. Um, so... Not only is Freddy trying to take over Jesse's body, but Freddy is bringing his world into the real world as well. So we yeah. see that in things like the the family living room where they're all sweating balls, you know, fucking yeah, yeah. The birds and, are and exploding. The dad of the year's going, oh, I'll check the thermostat. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's There's, perfectly it, fine. It could be gas. Your mother thought you smelled gas. It's so fucked up, like fucking. And also, I mean, Jesse's parents are like what, like a hundred years old? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> fuck is wrong with you guys like you decided to have kids when you were like what 50 <laughs> yeah feels that way doesn't it and buy a murder house and then yell at them all the time like fucking jesus christ like yeah the like, parents are fucking john demonic in their own right if john saxon was here he would not stand for this for a fucking minute oh, mate, you john saxon would stand there with his fucking hands his fists on his shot on his hips and just go yeah, exactly. <laughs> He'll be, the, the he world, won't say anything. He'll just start world taking names. Just collectively shit itself. He'll snap kick the fucking the dad into oblivion. <laughs> Go, John Saxon. It, it, it kind of feels like, you know, it's like the more Freddy comes into the real world, which is what he's trying to do through Jesse. It's like his, his presence as he's like exerting itself on Springwood. And like just making everything just dead and dry and oppressive, and like you know, you see those fucked up dogs. Like I love the fucked up dogs in this film. They're so (laughs) cool, man. Like yeah, you know, you see them guarding the the boiler room and stuff, and and that's what I mean. Like you see that little that sorry to interrupt that that (laughs) that dip into the world of Freddy's nightmares. You know, yeah. Um, I I love that shit, and and the special effects that come with. Yeah, very cool. Well, dude, that's that's the thing, man. I I that's uh, like peas in a pod, man. I love that shit. So I like I love 
when like the weirdness of Freddy's like fucking nightmare scape just starts mm. bleeding into the real world. Like it's it's yeah. one of the scenes I really love in number four. Um, yes. which we'll talk about when we get to number four. But that's absolutely where, like, you see the kids walk past the locker and you see Freddie's slash marks along the locker. Yeah. Like you know, all that little weird shit that like comes with Freddie, you know, popping his way into the real world is just so cool. And it's it's always so like uh, one of the fucking things I just adore about these movies is how creative they are. Like they didn't just go with like you know oh nightmares like you know oh well you know maybe they'll be no that's scary they they took a a step forward in this film yeah no man it's like that's that's the thing it's like you know i mean number one was so inventive and then number two is like oh yeah now we're just driving fucking buses into the middle of a desert where like the fucking desert's crumbling the bus is on a fucking cliff there's lightning everywhere yeah and I've like, got to say, if that sequence didn't inspire Tim Burton for Beetlejuice, oh, fucking dude, yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> just saying, just putting it out there. But and I mean, yeah, man, I just I love all that shit. Like, I mean, you know that that scene where Freddie. I mean, we talked about it before, but it's it's worth repeating. That scene where Freddie bursts out of Jesse's body in Grady's bedroom. Yeah, that was fucking great. Like, it's so fucking cool and. You know, it's one of those things that, that people have talked about. It's like one of the things that makes Freddy work so well is that, you know, it's, it's like stuff that we've talked about before. It's like, you know, when you get a slasher movie in an urban environment, it's like, you know, we've all lived in the suburbs. Yeah. Like we, we know what that's like. So, you know, when you throw something scary in there, it you automatically connect with it because you know that environment and you're like, oh, shit, like fuck, that bedroom's like my bedroom. Fuck, Freddy's in that dude's bedroom. Holy shit. You know, like, yeah. it, it, it just kind of, like, really fucking hits you, like, you know, in the back of your subconscious, and you just sort of, like, instantly go, like, oh, shit, now I'm scared. Um, Which is just so fucking cool, man. I, just, I love these fucking movies so much. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's like what we talked about. We, we, you and me both have just such a deep connection to these films growing up, mm-hmm. and... And um, it's it, it really does. Every movie holds a special place in our hearts for, for oh, valid reason. Man, absolutely. And, and despite what people, yeah, a lot of the general public say about number two, I'm with you, dude. I think it's a great movie. It holds its own, um, despite all the tropes that they go on about. I think, like, it's a stroke of genius. I I think it's an accidental masterpiece, like in the series. Um, it's 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 honestly probably one of my it's it, it would be in my top like three favorites. Um, I just think it's it's really clever, whether it meant to be or not. Um, it does really ballsy stuff for a fucking horror movie made in nineteen eighty five. Um, it does. And again, whether they meant it to or not, I think Mark Patton totally deserves his fucking reputation as the first, like, final boy slash male scream queen. Like, Mm -hmm. I think he did a great job. The cast in this are great. Like, I think Grady is fucking brilliant. Like, Jesse's best friend. Doesn't Grady's... uh, Sorry, doesn't the actor that played Grady, isn't that the guy that pops up in some of Sean Clark's fucking vlog videos in Horror's Hallowed Grounds? positive it is man um and, got... and sean shuts him down and goes, no i'm not doing a number two fucking location <laughs> video 
I'm I'm sure it is, man, because like uh the the uh Never Sleep Again Blu-ray doco that I've got has uh Sean's horror hallow, horrors hallowed grounds for Elm Street on there. Yeah, uh, which is fucking great. It's so yeah, good. It like awesome. Check if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's so fucking good. That um, um that whole doco is actually on YouTube as well. Oh rad. Yeah, like it's like seven hours or something. It is. It's long, but it's really worth it. It's um, a fucking awesome ride. It it really is. It's such a great like it's 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 yeah, probably one of my favorite horror docos of all time. Um but yeah, man, like I just I just think this movie like did some really clever, interesting shit. Um and you know, it took a lot of gambles and it paid off. Cause it yeah. would have been really easy to just like, don't you think it would have been really easy for them to just rest on their laurels and go like, oh, yeah, we'll just do like, you know, a fucking another version of, you know, fucking number one. Yeah, just, just you know, rinse, repeat. Well, that, that would have been the easy solution would have been, okay, here's Nancy. She survived the first Elm Street. She's yeah. miraculously got a new group of friends in rehab for whatever reason. And, oh, look, Freddie's back. Yeah. Picking them off one you exactly. Know, like maybe maybe so they do easy. like a play on the the fucking Halloween two synopsis. She's in hospital, fucking recovering from from the the, the fucking trauma of number one, and fucking Freddy fucking stalks all the patients. You know, like exactly. something like that would have been yeah the the safe option. That's the thing, man. And like you know, they really took a gamble with this, and I really feel like it it paid off. Like whether they realized it or not. And again, I'm I'm so glad this movie's been rediscovered by people. And yeah, I honestly urge anyone that's listening that's just like, oh my god, they're doing Nightmare Two. Just fucking get to Dream Warriors. Patience, (laughs) patience, my dear ghouls. Patience. You will learn patience. Um, yeah. But I mean, look, I was, I was the same, honestly, I, I really, really, really can't stress enough that this movie is so worth giving another go to. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Cause I, like I said, I was not a fan when I first watched it. I was not a fan. It took me, same. it took me a while to actually sort of really appreciate it for what it was. Um, Can I ask you a quick question? Is it the same feeling? Can anyone ever ask me a quick question? Well, <laughs> I'll ask you a quick question, but I know I won't get a quick answer. So, I have... <laughs> go figure. But um, podcast the, reviews. The... We wish Jake would shut the fuck up a bit more. <laughs> yeah. I'm going into cryostasis. I'll be right back. Uh, no, but the, the, what they do with this film, like that that whole vibe of you know the Freddy lack of Freddy whatever. It's the same as, like, do you find it was the same as, like, what they did with Halloween 3? You just kind of felt yourself, as a young kid watching it going, uh, what the fuck's going on? Where's my hero? Totally. Like, as, as this, this Halloween 3 and Friday 5 yeah. would be a perfect kind of, like, odd entries in a franchise marathon to have. Like a what-the-fuck trilogy to watch. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Um <laughs> It's, it's it's that same sort of vibe where you sort of like, oh, this isn't, oh, I thought I was getting more of 
that thing, but I'm getting something completely different. And I think as a kid, it's kind of natural when you're watching yeah. something like that and you're a big fan of something. <clears throat> you're, just, you're just there because you want to see Freddy be scary and fuck shit up or Michael stab people or, you know, yeah. Jason just fucking walk very slowly through the woods and you know, <laughs> get him motherfuckers to death. Like, you know, you, you want to see that as a kid, right? But, like, you know, I think when you get older and, you know, you can look at some of these sort of, like, oddity kind of entries in franchises and go yeah i see what they were trying to do and i kind of dig it like i i I understand why people didn't like it at the time because it was sort of a bit out there in terms of what they were expecting but you know i i applaud them for taking the chance with some of these things even if you know sometimes you know it doesn't really work out they you know like Friday five, they get cold feet. It's like, oh no, it was fucking it wasn't Tommy, it was fucking the random paramedic dude, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think like, yeah, it totally meant totally. Yeah, no, no, it's true. Do you do you have a, a bit of an MVP for number two? Uh I gotta go with um geez, MVP for number two. I didn't go with Grady. I liked Grady. I I thought Grady was a great character because he was like it was so weird. Like him and Jesse's relationship is so weird because like at the start. Yeah. And this is what I really found strange about this movie is like at the start, I thought Grady was going to be the bully. Like he was going to be like the typical high school bully that was going to like hang shit on Jesse and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then these two just become like best buds or I don't know. They've got some weird crush thing going on, depending on how you read it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But um, I just thought Grady was, cause it's like, you know, yeah, he's kind of a, he's kind of a, uncouth sort of dickhead but he's he is isn't he he's like really supportive like i love that scene where he's like just got a mouthful of fucking food in the cafeteria oh, dude that was so funny dude he's like hanging shit on jesse and jesse's like you know doing the the bitchy bitchy dude thing he's like shut up grady and grady's like you're yeah. fine you want me sure i'm sure he's <laughs> like just fucking mashed potatoes falling out of his mouth and shit it's like i love the guy he's fucking you know great. what Hey, one thing I one thing I want to say uh, that I noticed in a lot of these eighties fucking high school themed movies, the fucking main character always, without fail, barely fucking touches their food, if at all. <laughs> right. It's like, like they paid money for this shit. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, man, you're 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 wasting a lot of really really good french fries and chocolate milk there dude like i'm just like, it, it, like it's a fucking healthy lunch right there yeah. isn't it <laughs> like as, as as a kid who grew up in a high school where i didn't get french fries and chocolate milk every day i feel a bit fucking attacked that you're not eating the shit like come on like right Take fucking appreciate what you have. This is why Freddy fucking possesses you and fucks you up and makes you go to S and M bars, dude. Because you don't fucking eat. Yeah, lunch. exactly. <laughs> On that note, I'm going to say my MVP is a toss up between the PE teacher because uh, he's a fucking I, I don't know. He's such a dick. But he's such an asshole, isn't he? He's, like, he's just that 80s PE teacher asshole that you love to hate. I mean, dude, that scene where fucking Jesse gets beamed in the fucking head by the baseball. Right. He, that was he, fucking great. He, he walks over and he's like fucking smoking a fucking cigarette in the middle of the fucking field. Yeah. And he yeah. walks over, he's like, you all right? And Jesse's like, yeah, I'm fine. And he's like, we'll pay more attention next time. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like Oh, he's not actually hurt. Well, fuck you. 
<laughs> like he, he he comes across as fucking cool, calm, and collected. He goes, "Well, go fuck yourself." <laughs> I fucking love it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's like, oh, he's not actually hurt. Well, don't be a fucking dickhead and get hit in the head. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, drop and give me two hundred. <laughs> yeah, he's um, yeah, he's a, he's a fucking. I don't know. I I really. Really enjoyed his character. I thought, fucking, you've got to have every movie's got to have a, a token asshole, and boom, we got that. I mean, even though Jesse's dad gave him a bit of a run for his money, I thought, yeah, I thought he was pretty, pretty fun, cool. Yeah, but my, my other my other pick for MVP is, and this just because it cracks me up every time I watch it is yeah. Lisa, the 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 chick, Jesse's friend, her best friend, who is like. The horniest fucking bitch in the history of horror movies. Like every time she's she pretty shows, fucking horny. Dude, every time that chick pops up on screen, like the first time we see her, she's like, he's hot. You getting any? <laughs> she's like a fucking dude. She's like, you know, it's like, oh, you don't you go into the boathouse and fuck him at my party? <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> She's just that kind of chick that goes, just hang on a sec. I've just got to adjust the vibrator at my snatch. <laughs> She's like fucking horny and shit. It's just like, you know, you're watching this and you're just like going, holy shit, fucking settle down there, Tiger. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. She's wild. <laughs> my other pick you'd, there. You'd expect her dialogue to come from Grady. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, my other pick for MVP is uh, obvious. Um, the fucking the the heroic idiot from the pool party scene. Oh, he's. I couldn't stop laughing at that moment. <laughs> he's just, just like I mean, I mean, look, you, you see someone like Freddie walking towards you. Do I you mean. really think you can speak reason to it? That's what I mean. It's like, it's like uh, my theory is that that guy was either fucking drunk as balls or stoned off his tits because it's like you would have to be fucking seriously chemically imbalanced at that point to see the fucking guy with the burnt face and the fucking razors coming out of his hands fucking walking around setting fire to shit just by fucking looking at it and you're like no man i think i can reason with him yeah i think i can get through he just needs a hug. It's like, oh, man. He's clearly a Morrissey fan. Your death is one of the fucking finest moments of this series of films because, like, you are that asshole in this entire series that really deserves to die. It's like, you're a fucking dickhead. <laughs> like, like, more than fucking Kristen's mother. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. It was fucking great, dude. Um, So... Beer and pizza wise, where does this one sit? Oh, dude! I, look, every every Elm Street movie is a pretty pretty high on the beer and pizza rating for me. But I I reckon this is like you know, I, this is a good movie to have a twelve pack and just a couple of mates over with, so you can fucking watch it, yeah. really enjoy it, and then just sit down and have a fucking chat about it afterwards. Like you know, couple of uh, you know, three three for thirty, maybe three sides. <laughs> Yeah, nice, and and maybe maybe add a six pack of Strongbow for the fuck. Yeah, day. yeah, yeah, yeah. Couple couple of sixes of fucking cider there, you know. Good, good two or three each. Yeah, and yep. Uh, yeah, you know, just a, a good. It's a good conversation piece movie, and like I said, man, just that opening with the bus, dude. It's it's just... dude. That was 
honestly one of my favorite bits and i love that we see it kind of repeated towards the end as well yeah the the, the stinger at the end is great as well but yeah. I'm going to go on record here and I think I'm going to say that that opening with the bus is probably very close to my favourite opening of any Elm Street movie because it's so out there and so just fucking wild. Um, there is an opening later on in the series that we'll get to that could slightly top it, but yeah, it's it's definitely in my, my top two or three. Yeah, it's a fucking solid opening, dude. Um, I love, I love also the eeriness of Jesse's um, introduction at the film, where we see him and he just looks like something out of the Adams family. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, yeah. Like he's hunched over, like he's really yeah. looking like really physically uncomfortable. He's really yeah. pale, like the hair's kind of matted down and shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, like it's it's such a great open, and it's sort of like really sets the tone and tells you everything you need to know about that character going into the movie. Well, it does. Like, this dude's really uncomfortable with himself. Like he is not feeling I, laid back. I feel like the writers by setting the tone of Jesse's character from the get go. Well, I think um, the, thing, the yeah. thing with the writers, like just before we wrap up the thing, the, thing, yeah. the common, common thing that's come out with the writer of this movie is that he basically said, to Mark Patton that he always intended for this to be a bit of a metaphor for, you know, repressed homosexuality. Um, And then when the movie got bad reviews and people sort of turned on it and, you know, he basically went back on that, said he didn't do it. Uh, He didn't even know that Mark Patton was gay, which Mark Patton was like fairly upfront about um and basically they threw him under the bus and said oh yeah the movie didn't work and was a bit of a failure and because mark Patton was so gay no one could buy convincingly buy him kissing a chick or whatever and all this sort of shit so that's kind of the short version of that story so it depends on who you believe with this whether you absolutely the writer or, or not but mm. There's a lot of stuff in this movie where you kind of sit there and go, that cannot be coincidental. Like, yeah. you, you can't. I'm sorry, man. Like, some of the lines of dialogue, some of the... I think there was some the, serious methodology going on. Yeah, dude. Like, the fucking... The, 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 I mean, it's like... Hang on. You didn't say that to me. It's a gay movie, but you've got him going to a fucking bondage bar with a teacher that clearly wants to... Take and doing a fucking shaggy homoerotic dance in the bedroom. Yeah. yeah with, with, with a board game called Probe. Yeah. And a sign yeah, on his yeah. door that says no chicks. Yeah. There's a lot of <laughs> subtle hints going on. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, man. You, you, you can't have been that oblivious that you didn't write this shit in there deliberately. But uh, that is something that if you are interested in exploring uh, and learning more about, I highly recommend you find yourself a copy of Mark Patton's uh, Scream Queen, My Nightmare in Elm Street, uh, Doco. Um, Which is available on Shutter if you have a Shutter subscription. It is so worth the watch. It's a very great doco. Uh, the dude is a fantastic actor, really great human. He's been through a lot of shit, um, and it's really kind of uplifting to see him, you know, 
find out that he's actually got a fan base out there and sort of reclaim this movie and kind of make a bit of peace with it. Like it's it's a really great story. Like it will yeah, really it's, it's really touching, honestly. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely a case of poetic justice, you know, um for for Mark and and you know, it's it's great for a lot of these horror movies that didn't get a lot of love back in the day to see that now that they're cult classics that a lot of these actors are starting to get the 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 you know the credit they deserve and yeah. Mark Patton is definitely one of them hands down. Oh, absolutely, man, absolutely. Um, and you know if you if you want to get a sort of truncated version of Mark Patton's story, they do go into it a lot in the uh, segment on Nightmare Two in Never Sleep Again, which. Um, you know what? It'll take you about like you know a fortnight of your life to get through that doco, but it's a very it's a fortnight very well spent. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You'll need a fucking um, yeah. You'll need at least a fucking a room full of kegs and a fucking uh, a steady flow of fucking pe- you know pizzas coming through to fucking yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 just yeah. like you know plan plan your bathroom trips wisely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and keep the TP well stocked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've made it through. My yeah, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> um, so we've made it through. <laughs> oh, there's always going to be a Beavis moment in there. Um, oh, dude, has it what? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've made it to the end of another fucking Elm Street entry. Um, yep. Fucking, I'm glad we did this one. This is a fucking great one. And, uh, yeah, fucking any final thoughts on this bad boy? No, man. Oh, like I said, I, I just, I urge anyone who like, if, if I had to impart anything on anyone to do with this movie, I would say, I highly recommend if you have been dismissive of this movie, I do get it. I understand why I've been there, but I highly recommend you check it out. Um, and give it a, give it a good solid watch, maybe maybe even a couple of times. Just really look at it through a different lens, soak in what it's sort of going for, and I think you will find that it's it's a really good entry in the series uh, with a lot to say. I mean, look, all of the Elm Street movies have Absolutely. some really interesting shit to say about you know fear and you know um, like all that sort of stuff. Um, I just think I, this I, one is the quiet achiever in the series just because of good. everything absolutely. we've covered. Mm. It's it's not your conventional sequel. Like, no, I challenge anyone to tell us otherwise. Absolutely. And I really feel like, you know, all of the Elm Street movies do, you know, regardless of what people have said and regardless of the opening scene in Scream. <laughs> which, <laughs> look, I love Scream. I think all of the Elm Street sequels do a really great job of carrying on a lot of the themes and things that Wes Craven wanted to say in the original movie and did say in the original movie. Agreed. And I feel like they build on that really well. And number two is no exception. So yeah, give it, give it another go people. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, or, you know, forever just be consigned to being a fucking Morrisite. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nah. Um, yeah. I've got nothing to add to that. We don't want that at all. We don't want that. On that note, uh, this wraps up a fucking banger of an episode. Uh, next, next week, we're on to the big boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Make sure your syringes are clean, kids. <laughs> Shit. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Polish. 
20 sided dice. That reminds me that uh, number three, I just remembered that number three was actually banned in Queensland for a while. Um, yeah, we'll have to tune in next week to find out why because we'll tell you yes. all about it. Oh, yes, uh, another movie marred with controversy, mm. but um, yeah, yeah, it'll be fun, and uh, yeah, and don't we tomorrow morning for Rad? Yes, we uh, will. And we'll be pumping up the volume. Oh, fuck yeah. Another movie I cannot fucking wait to talk about, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's going to be fun. And, uh, yeah. In the meantime, like, fucking subscribe. Hope to see yeah. Like, subscribe and all that cool shit, like Jake said. And uh, hopefully, I'll see a few of you at uh, Supernova this week. Yes. Mock up Supernova and buy Jesse's comics. Yeah, do it. Do it. It's, it's, Otherwise, uh, <laughs> you have to. It's his turn to put fucking fuel in the Learjet. Yeah, yeah, and that shit ain't cheap. <laughs> but uh, I'll be—you'll be seeing me on a mad mission to try and fucking stalk Tom Taylor. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fucking yeah, you, you, you. Any listeners yeah. have to help Jesse secure Tom Taylor for the podcast. I mean, look—we're <laughs> not saying ropes, and you know, <laughs> fucking. Bear the old ether over the cloth. We're not yeah. saying to do that, but we're not saying not to do that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. We'll just quietly obtain Tom Taylor for a conversation. Yeah. If, if we can. That's be a long one. Like, you know, you nah. we'll with pizza or something. Yeah. We'll so, just worm with. You know that, you know that cunt that fucking tweeted the thing about the Rachel Gore comic that you wrote that you liked and retweeted? It's his mate. Yeah. Don't yeah, tweet. that guy. <laughs> that was a good time. <laughs> that guy. All right, guys. Well, uh, have yourselves a freaky Friday. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening and glad that you're all enjoying our Nightmare on Elm Street deep dive. Yes, we'll try and do a QA this weekend. Yep. And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you back next week. And Wednesday, freaky. Laters.